Hello, everybody, and thank you for downloading episode 42 of We Got This with Mark and Al. Hey, you know what, folks? It's almost the new year, and the new year means one thing, that if you're going to be in the Bay Area, you can still get tickets to see Mark and Hal, of which I am half, record live with special guest Adam Savage as we debate Star Wars versus Star Trek. We've got Carter Parton Rogers opening for us. It's going to be a great time. Just go to bitly.com forward slash we got sf ticks t-i-x that is sunday january 10th the day after my birthday if you're wondering what to get me for my birthday get me that a ticket for yourself to come see our live recording and now without any further ado episode 42 of we got this with mark and hal hello i'm hal lublin and i'm mark gagliardi since the dawn of humanity one issue has gone unsettled with the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Christmas special. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Maximum Funds. We got this. <laughs> Sponsored by Mark and Hal. Yeah, I know. I wanted to do like an old timey intro. Since okay. we're talking about Christmas specials this time, I feel like it would an, it, we wanted an homage to classic television. So yeah. you're listening to Hal and Mark on We Got This on the Maximum <laughs> Fun Network. I don't know what kind of music I was doing. It sounded like a haunted gypsy, but I was trying to do the (laughs) swelling score that happens underneath those classic Christmas specials, which is what we're talking about. The best Christmas TV special. So this episode was suggested from the Maximum Fun subreddit by Cantaloupe. It actually started like a whole thread of discussing whether we should break it down to Rankin Bass versus non-Rankin Bass or live action versus animated. But we're going to lump them all together. Right, we're putting them all together in one uh in one thing because the Rankin Bass ones are great, but you know what? It, one of the Rankin Bass might get defeated by one of the uh, other great classic ones and we don't want to, you know, we don't want to have two tournaments going on at the same time. Yeah, it, it seems like there are new Christmas specials coming out a lot like there are Shrek, uh, Toy Story Christmas carols uh, or or Christmas specials uh, I should say. Uh, and uh, and that's great. But there are also some that, that we see year after year, and those mm-hmm. probably make them a little bit more qualified. So so the newer specials, uh, they need a little bit more time under their belt to really qualify for this award, in my opinion. What do you think about but that? But can we give honorable mention to uh, one or two of them? Sure, go ahead. Uh, because I think Shrek the Halls is excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really, really fun one. The music's great. It's all the characters from the movie, and it's as irreverent as the movies were. Um, and I also love Prep and Landing. Prep and okay. Landing is, uh, two elves that are, that work in the Prep and Landing department. One of them is, uh, Dave Foley, uh, who is a, a veteran, uh, voice actor and star of Kids in the Hall, uh, veteran of, um, of the, uh, Pixar movies. So, yes. and Pixar did this one. Disney Pixar did this one. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's about two little elves. So that in the, uh, both of those, uh, digitally animated. Uh, or a uh, 3D animated. So yes. the, the two, they're still making great ones, but we're here today to talk about the classics. 
Yes. And uh, uh, we, we have a lineup of those. And actually, it's funny because very recently, just another modern one that neither of us have probably seen is uh, A Very Murray Christmas, which has just come out on Netflix. It's Bill Murray's Christmas special. I was literally sipping water when you said that, and I almost did an actual spit take. There is a Bill Murray Christmas special? <laughs> yes. Yes, it's Bill Murray. George Clooney is in it. Um, Amy Poehler. I believe uh, – I want to say Hannah Montana, but I know it's Miley Cyrus, so I'm going to say her nope. actual name. Hannah instead. Montana. Hannah Montana is in it and Miley Cyrus. They're not the same person, guys. <laughs> Um, I like in my in my mind, uh, Miley Cyrus's famous dad is Billy Ray Cyrus, but Hannah Montana's famous dad is Tony Montana. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that they put that in the special. <laughs> uh, so well, Christmas is, is about family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gather around for a Montana family Christmas. It's not what you think. Um, <laughs> Say hello to my little tree. Oh, little tree. Oh, little tree. <laughs> Look, it's snowing, right. Pop. No, it's not. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have to tell you, I accidentally made a cocaine joke last night in the show. What? I didn't mean cr- to. This is the show you're doing in, in uh, Myrtle Beach. This is the show that I'm doing <laughs> for children on the beach in Myrtle Beach or in a park in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Okay. Um we're, we're, I'm interviewing Santa Claus. It's one of the great things I get to do in the show is interview Santa Claus. And I'm really nervous and excited. So, you know, I mean, it's Santa Claus and I'm interviewing him. Of course. And, uh, and I asked him how he liked Myrtle Beach and he said, you know, the only thing that would make Myrtle Beach any better at Christmas time is, uh, a little bit of the white snow, a little bit of the white stuff. And I went, you mean snow, right? And the audience laughed. And I didn't realize I was making a cocaine joke. Uh, let's talk about Christmas specials. <laughs> yes, let's. Uh, now we can do this a number of ways. I can give mm-hmm. you the the full list that I have here from from uh, Kate McManus, our crack researcher. Yes, thank you, Kate McManus. Uh, brand new to the team. You can find her at lib kate m on Twitter. Lib, because she is an actual librarian. We have a, we have yeah. an actual librarian doing research. How awesome is that? It's pretty amazing. So we can go, I can give you chronological. We can go reverse chronological. I can give you a list of non-Rankin Bass and Rankin Bass, and we can pull a winner out of each. But I feel like they're all, they all fall in the same, uh, category. They're all Christmas television specials. For families. Yes, exactly. They're all for families. Not, ju- I mean, meaning not just like, they're not just kids things. Correct. Look, a gr- I think a great Christmas special is one that can be enjoyed by the whole family. Just like any, any, uh, piece of media, it's great when it has levels that children can enjoy and adults can enjoy. And sometimes those things intersect and sometimes they're jokes just for, just for one group. I think, I think those are, that, those are the things that have staying power. You can almost grow up with them. Look, we did a whole episode about the Muppets. We know, uh, we, we know from, uh, from family entertainment that has a little something for everybody. And there's some Muppets on this list. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah, let's just, let's just kind of mishmash them and throw them all together. Sounds good. So there's I not have... terribly many of them. Where, or do you want to, I, I hate to, I'm sorry to just make a decision. How, what would you like to do? No, I think that sounds good. 
I think that okay. sounds good. So, so since we're talking about the Muppets, I have three that are on this list, and it's not mm-hmm. every single television special ever. So there are Bob Hope uh, holiday specials we're going to miss out on. The Bing Crosby 1977 holiday special that features uh, David Bowie, uh, the David Bowie duet. We're not going to include that in this list. I mean, we could we could put it in there, but it's sort of coming out right away because we have a lot of heavy hitters. They don't play it every year. That's the other thing. It's this is this list yeah. we're going to limit to uh things that get played every Christmas. Sure. So so for the the Muppets there are 3 and out of those 3 I think there's one that has lasted longer than the other two and I'm not going to say which it is because I I don't want to uh taint your opinion Mark, but here are the mm-hmm. 3 going backwards in time. We start mm-hmm. with uh, 1987's A Muppet Family Christmas, which features not only the Muppets, but the characters from Sesame Street and Fraggle Rock as well. And I right. believe it was Jim Henson's last uh, holiday uh, special with the Muppets or or probably one of the last things he did with them because he passed away not too long after that, within a couple of years. Then you've mm-hmm. got um, John Denver and the Muppets A Christmas Together. Which is, uh, which is fairly well known. I don't think it's played as, as heavily now as, as it once was. And then you've mm-hmm. got an adaptation of a children's book, which is Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. So out of those three, is there one that stands out to you? Well, I, I don't know a Muppet Family Christmas. I would okay. love to see it. I, I honestly had not heard of it until we did this. So I guess it's not one that gets played every year. I have to eliminate it as as I have not seen it. It might be the greatest, and we may get uh, tweets. But um, I'm it very excited to see done. it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to check it out. Uh, hopefully, it's available somewhere to watch. Uh, this is a tough one. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas and John Denver and the Muppets at Christmas together came out, I think, the same year. They both came out in 1979. Uh, um, Emmett Otter was actually 77, so they were close. 77. They were in that in that, like, the Muppet show is out. The Muppets are very popular right. now. Um, so. I have – I sat down with Juliana. We are we are in South Carolina together doing this show, which is wonderful. And we sat down together the other day and I have uh, – I own a bunch of Christmas specials. I'm uh, obsessed with Christmas. We have a lot of episodes about this and my, I'm very happy about that. Um, yes. Emma Daughter's Jug Band Christmas is the first one we turned on. We sat okay. down and we were like, we're going to watch a Christmas special. Let's watch Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. It's wonderful. There are many different versions of it that have been made. Um, it, it features, uh, it, it was shot on one giant sound stage that they created an entire miniature town that is Muppet sized. And, um, these are not Muppets that you know. This is Emmett Otter and his mother and Mrs. Fox and all of the townspeople. Uh, but in one of the versions, I guess they were told uh, by a network, you got to add Kermit. So they went back and added Kermit to the uh, <laughs> to the special. It's true. He and he's the narrator in it. He like appears in a turtleneck and a scarf sitting in a tree, like narrating the story. It's very odd. <laughs> um, but well, the, the best thing, thing with uh, Godzilla, when Godzilla was released in, in uh, Japan, it was there was no <laughs> Kermit the Frog narrator. Well, they, they added uh, the Kermit the Frog of the day, um, and I've completely forgotten the actor's name now. It's completely – it's not Orson Welles. It's uh, – um, oh, my goodness. It's uh, Ray – Mike Bradbury. I can't – Ray Stevens. Bradbury. Ray Stevens. Ray Stevens. They had flashbacks of an American reporter who was telling the story so that so that an American audience would understand <clears throat> what was happening. Right. So it was a reporter who had been there. 
and somebody please tell me who it was. I'm pretty Ray sure Walston. it was Ray Stevens. It was Ray Walston. And he had his antenna from My Favorite Martian sticking out of his head the whole time. <laughs> uh, ridiculous. Ray Parker Jr. Who you gonna call? <laughs> Godzilla! <laughs> it was Martha Ray. The best thing to me about Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas is the music, which was written by Paul Williams, who most famously for the Muppets wrote uh, The Rainbow Connection and the songs right. for the Muppet movie. But this has some incredible songs in it. Some are really funny. Um, the dress that my grandma or the bathing suit my grandma Otter wore about an enormous bathing suit. Um, there's uh, We're Closer Now Than Ever Before. Um, brothers, uh, barbecue, yes. just some amazing, really fun songs in this. The best of which is called, uh, it's a ballad called Where the River Meets the Sea. Okay. Which was so good that it was recorded and used two years later in the John Denver and the Muppets Christmas special. I you thought they fun. happened concurrently, but, uh, I guess that makes sense that this would have been a couple years later. And this song is so good that immediately after Juliana and I watched this special, I grabbed my guitar, we called the director of the show, and we added the two of us singing it to our show, to our nightly concert. <laughs> that's awesome. Like that's, that is that is a great song. Uh, it is a I, wonderful song. I thought you were going to say Ain't No Hole in the Washtub, which is my favorite song from that special. Oh, I forgot about Ain't No Hole in the Washtub. <laughs> so it's good. great music. I mean, look, the John Denver and the Muppets is sort of, is maybe more iconic. And it mm-hmm. has the, their 12 days of Christmas and, and John Denver was an incredible entertainer and the Muppets were certainly on point. But I, I would say out of the two, it's the, it's Emmett Otters. And I, and I think that you agree based on what you're saying. Uh, I hadn't even started to talk about John Denver. Uh, but I really, really loved that John Denver special. Okay, I still watch that one every year as well. Uh, well, it's got that Muppet magic that the yeah. we're behind the scenes of our show. Let's use our imaginations and create something incredible. It's got that variety show feel with Miss Piggy singing um, uh, Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. Please do put the penny in the old man's hat. So it's got Miss Piggy having her production number that gets interrupted by all the other Muppets. Um it's got this beautiful scene where John Denver sings a song called May I Have the Pleasure of Your Company. And, right. uh, and he creates out of just a big empty white room, uh, a whole Christmas town appears. And I loved that scene as a child. Um, gosh, this one is such a toss up for me. Between- well, then, then you know what? Let's not eliminate mm-hmm. one of them yet. We don't have to eliminate okay. one of them, but we, Great. but we love them both. And what about, um, let's move to, uh, another one that was made sort of in that time. There are actually two that exist in that time that are sort of the same, maybe more uh, – some some might argue they're more children-based. One is Mickey's Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And the other is I, a Chipmunk Christmas. Uh, I don't know a Chipmunk Christmas terribly well. Right. Uh, that was not, that one was not in my rotation. Do they still play that one? Uh, no. I don't think that they do. Mm. Um, I, tell me about it, Hal. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll tell you what I know about it, which is the chipmunks are there and there's Christmas involved and it is not going to be featured anymore in this episode. Now, Great. Mickey's we love Christmas the chipmunks. <laughs> Mickey's, <Yeah. laughs> Mickey's Christmas Carol is one of my all time favorites, but I, I get yeah. so angry at it when I watch it now. Why is that? Because when they, I have an old version, um, that I, that I watch. It's a half hour 
Uh, it's a half hour version of a Christmas Carol. Scrooge McDuck is obviously Mr. Scrooge. Bob Cratchit yeah. is played by Mickey. Donald is nephew Fred. Uh, Goofy plays, uh, plays Bob Marley. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Goofy like plays idea. Jacob Marley, <laughs> not Bob Marley. I really like the part in that special where Goofy stings steered up. I thought that was oh. really good. And that green haze he's in the whole time. Yeah. Um, but nowadays <laughs> when a half hour program, I guess, is played on television or maybe they even shot it at a full 30 minutes and knew it was going to get cut, get cut up. It, when they play it on TV now, it gets it is cut, 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 cut. And it's not like okay. they've just taken out individual scenes because it's such a short version of Mickey of A Christmas Carol. You can't really cut scenes, so it's just been sliced and diced uh, right. into like you know midway through sentences. Characters are getting cut off. So if you can find it, if we can leave this to the original version, I'm happy to keep it on the list. I think uh, I think it's been presented so many times in the old version. Or in the newer version, like that, the cut up version is what people are seeing. I encourage Ugh. you to go check out the original because it's great. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's but beautifully I, I, executed. I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep it in the running for now. Do you agree? Yeah, I would agree. Though a Christmas Carol is my all time favorite Christmas story. Yes. Um, I'm, I, I've seen every, we could do a whole episode on which version of a Christmas Carol is best because I have plenty to say about Reginald Owen versus Alistair Sim. But we'll get on to a different topic now. Well, uh, you probably would not be surprised to know that somebody has already suggested that. So we have, we've got a couple more holiday themed episodes to go. There's no saying, uh, we couldn't bring that in. We could do um, best Scrooge. There you go. We'll do best Scrooge. So love it. Uh, here's another one around that time of year, uh, or around those years. This was in 1978. And this I know what you're going to say, Hal, and it's not going to win. <laughs> Listen, I know what you're going to say. Special. Have you seen it? Hal. I've seen enough of it. I turned it off. I was like, okay, I'm done. For those of you who are not aware or familiar with this, go find a copy. George Lucas has gone on record as saying that if he could gather every copy together and smash it with a hammer, he would. It's Did we I did we ever like, say what it is? Did you say that, that the name of it? It's the Star Wars Christmas special. It's the Star Wars holiday okay. special. It was written by Bruce Valanche. And it features the entire cast of, of Star Wars. So Harrison Ford is in it. Uh, Mark Hamill, this is post a motorcycle accident. So they've caked his face with so much makeup that he looks like Tan Mom. And Carrie Fisher is <laughs> in it. And Carrie Fisher at this point was still, uh, in the throw, in like the, the, the deeper throes of her drug addiction. Sure. So her she was, she was made of the white stuff. Yeah. Her her eyes are like the the TikTok croc from Peter Pan. One looks all the way to the right, <laughs> one looks all the way to the left. It also features uh special guests, Art Carney, oh. uh, Beatrice Arthur. Not B. Jefferson, Arthur, Beatrice. Beatrice Arthur, the Jefferson Starship, as they were introduced, and Diane Carroll. Now, the story of the Star Wars holiday special is Chewbacca is trying to get home. To his family. So it's his wife, Mala. His, uh, I think his son is Lumpy and his father is Itchy. He's trying to get back to their tree home for life day. Wait, are you, were you giving us names or adjectives? I'm giving you names and adjectives. Oh, okay. And, and descriptors. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the first, like, 
10 to 15 minutes of it is at Chewbacca's home. So it's his wife and son and father, all of whom speak similar to the way that he does. They're Wookiees. And there are no subtitles. So it's just Wookiees growling at each other. And then at some point, the father, he puts on VR glasses to go uh, look at Diane Carroll and have her sing for him. And what you – like you feel like he should be doing this in the bedroom with the door closed. (laughs) But they also have one of those like – the the it's not called a chess it's not a chessboard I forget the name of the actual game all of the other Star Wars fans out there will will correct me it is out of my head right now but there the, the the his son watches like a circus act come out at, like as holograms on this table and they do juggling and tumbling um, Harvey Corman is also in the special <laughs> but it features what two, two highlights two other highlights it's worth watching all the way through it's I, I mean it's devastatingly bad. But uh, two of the highlights are uh, – oh, B. Arthur, by the way, plays the proprietor of the cantina. And so she sings a song. <laughs> She's a musical number. Um, but uh, two two things. It features uh, um, Carrie Fisher singing a Life Day song to the Star Wars theme. So what? the orchestration is happening in the background and she's singing words about Life Day. And then another is there is a, a cartoon in the middle – that is the first ever appearance of Boba Fett. Really? Yes. So it is notable for that for that reason. I know we can't include mm. it, but the first time I watched it, my friend Nathan Ryan, who is a connoisseur of terrible film and television, showed this to me. He came out to visit LA and he was staying with me and he brought this VHS cassette of the Star Wars Holiday Special and he puts it in and I was sitting on the floor watching it laughing so hard. That not only was I crying, but I had a headache. Like I just my like I couldn't deal with what I was seeing. It was so spectacular. So I I encourage you to find it and try and watch it all the way through if you dare. But it's not gonna it's not gonna stay on the list. I just wanted to talk about it. It needs to be discussed. It's an important piece of cultural history. That is, <laughs> I think that's. The longest you've ever talked about something that has no chance of winning an episode. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We're, this is coming out. This is – it's now December 16th, which means that tomorrow Star Wars The Force mm-hmm. Awakens hits theaters. Ooh, so that's very true. Timely. Very timely. You know what? I totally forgot that that Star Wars movie is about to come out. I got to check this out. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't seen uh, – I still haven't seen The Hunger Games 2. Mocking Jay Part Two. It's not, it's not called The Hunger Games Two, Grandpa. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I will go see the Star Wars movie that is coming out, The Force Awakens, but I will not see the Star Wars Christmas special that already came out that is terrible. Uh, oh, what should. else is on? You know what? Before we get to our list, uh, let's take a break. We need to we need to palate cleanse after something this bad. Uh, so. Let's think about something good and all the great shows that can be found on the Maximum Fun Network. That's right. And as Chewbacca's father would say, Are you troubled by a lack of astute yet dick joke-filled analysis of bad movies? Do you experience feelings of laughter and enjoyment when you hear three friends go off on stupid tangents? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, ghost, or totally rad party dude house cat who really only exists as a sound effect? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, then pick up your podcast listening device of choice and subscribe to The Professionals. 
The Flophouse. Our award-winning and usually only a little drunk staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your bad movie podcast needs. The The Flophouse. We're We're ready to make you laugh in public so that that other people look at you funny. Hit it! I'm pretty sure we don't have the rights to this song. Hi, buddies. I'm Travis. And I'm Andy. And we host Bunker Buddies on MaximumFun.org. What is Bunker Buddies, you ask? Well, it's a show hosted by two comedians about how to survive the apocalypse. We talk about stuff like the rapture. Zombie apocalypse. How to survive an EMP. What if a disease takes over the dead? How to survive a food shortage. The people who eat other people. So don't get freaked out. We're going to tell you how to get through it. We're comedians first and, you know, aspiring preppers second. Join us. So tune in every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are sold. And we're back. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some great holiday specials that we have not included yet. We've gone through the Muppet ones. Do you want to jump yeah. onto the Rankin and Bass ones now? Uh, yes, actually, because we have the year without Santa Claus. But it seems like we're kind of going, let's let's go through the Rankin and Bass canon because we only have a few more heavy hitters outside of Rankin and Bass. So there are, you know what, we're, and there are a lot in the Rankin Bass canon. The ones that, um, that were compiled for us by Kate are the, the greats, like the ones that everybody yes. knows. But Absolutely. there's also Rudolph's Shiny New Year mm-hmm. and, uh, Frosty's Winter Wonderland. Yeah. These are the sequels that came out after, uh, Rudolph's Shiny New Year, uh, being one of my favorites because the characters in this are Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Ben Franklin, a caveman, a medieval knight, a baby, and a vulture. Um, <laughs> it is, it is a, it is a fever dream of a holiday special and it's a New Year special. There are not a lot of those. So, oh, and it's also, uh, th- those characters are the original lineup of the traveling Wilburys. <laughs> well, it's all right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, so let's start with the earliest of them, why don't we? Uh, which is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Look, this one is this one is definitely gold, silver, or bronze to me. I feel like it should um, be close to both of our hearts because uh, fans of the Thrilling Adventure Hour will know that you play Yumbo the Christmas Elephant. And yes. I narrate as the the talking tree, which which is based off of Brolive's snowman in Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yes, that whole that that whole segment was designed to be like a Rankin and Bass uh, Christmas special. Uh, yeah. I mean, but Rudolph, it's it's so beloved. Uh, I think that they start running ads for it in March or April, saying that oh, coming up December so and so, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is going to be on, <laughs> and it's because it's it's so. It's so quaintly crafted and so deliberately quaintly crafted with this, uh, this animation style. I don't even know if it was quaint back then. It may have been cutting edge technology, but the, the voice acting in it is, it's, it's just got such a charm to it. And every character is, you just love every character. Like I spent a weekend this summer. Uh, at the Renaissance Fair because my cousin was in, uh, the Renaissance Fair in Pennsylvania and people go in costumes. And one of the costumes was Yukon Cornelius. Cause why not have Yukon Cornelius <laughs> as, 
as a guy walking around the uh, the Renaissance Fair. Did he lick his pickaxe like Yukon Cornelius did? Well, yeah, that's the only way that you can tell what you know where the bumble is. That's right. Now, your your cousin worked at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. Yes, that was uh, one of my first paid acting jobs. Was working at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. Really? What did you do there? I did two theme weekends. I tried to audition for the main show and did mm-hmm. not get in. It was not uh, was not skilled enough yet to to make it onto their roster. That checks out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wish I could curse on this podcast. So I did two theme weekends. One was a Wild West, and one was a uh, like decades themed a weekend. So I played a a blacksmith, the town blacksmith for the Wild West, and then I played a greaser for the decades. So I was in the fifties era. Nothing says Renaissance Fair like Hal Lublin playing Danny Zuko. <laughs> stay gold, Hal. Stay gold. Well, um, anyway, I love, I love Rudolph. <laughs> I've watched it every year. Uh, it gave us so many great Christmas songs. Um, yes. Let me, I'm going to look up right now. Let's see. Well, there's, there's, uh, Silver and Gold. There's Holly Jolly yeah. Christmas is performed in that. There's Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, of course. Um, mm-hmm. then I'm just, uh, the, a little bit different. That that both Dennis the I am not just a nit with uh, the yeah, Island yeah. of Misfit Toys. Uh, well, they sing it beforehand. Herbie the the elf who wants to be a dentist and Rudolph both sing it because they feel different, and then they go to the Island of Misfit Toys. But it's loaded with with songs like that, and it's got that classic stop motion uh, style. So that's yeah. when you think of Rankin Bass, and they produced a ton of other things. But mm-hmm. when you think of Rankin Bass, you think of most likely Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Frosty the Snowman or Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Those are the three right. that stand out to me. I would argue that uh Rudolph is the one that most people, when you think Rankin and Bass Christmas specials, that's the one that everybody thinks of. Absolutely. But I mean um, – Not to discount to the town. others. Let's talk about Santa Claus is Coming to the, coming, coming to the Town. Uh, it features <laughs> Which- Fred Astaire and Mickey Rooney. And Jeremy Renner and Ben Affleck. What? Oh, that's right. Didn't they make a movie of that? Yeah, that's right. Santa Claus is coming to the town. It was great. John Hamm, as a Boston police officer, is trying to uh. stop Fred Astaire, the postal worker, from killing again. And it takes a young Mickey Mickey Rooney as a young Santa to help Ben Affleck and Blake Lively see the light. I'm going to go. Martin gave it two stars. All right. So this is the solo <laughs> version of We Got This. I got this. I <laughs> called. I um, got this. AKA, where's Mark? <laughs> no, but didn't they? Didn't they make a? Li- is that the one? Am I thinking of the right one? That's the one that's got. Uh, is it the one that? No, the year without a Santa Claus is the one that has heat. My uh, heat miser and snow miser, right? Uh, I think so. And that's yeah. the one that they just made a live action version of a few years ago. Yes, which is not great, but it's it's fun. Michael McKeon and, um, and, uh, Harvey, uh, Fierstein, I believe it was, play, uh, Heatmeister and Snow, uh, Heatmeister and Snowmeister and, and that I'm too much. They do that song and it's wonderful. Yes. Uh, but we're going to get to that in a second. I'm getting off the, uh, topic. Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, that's the one that has the super trippy, uh, the super trippy song in the middle where it switches from stop motion animation to regular 2D animation, but like in a super psychedelic kind of way. 
You remember this scene? I, I think so. It's the girl's song, the the lead female character's song, okay. the school teacher. Okay. Um, but it also has great characters. Burger Meister Meister Burger is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who voiced by who was the legendary voice guy that they had? Paul Freeze. Paul Freeze, uh, who's amazing in this. Uh, he's Mickey Rooney is wonderful. Fred Astaire is great. Paul Freeze for me is the one that really makes. Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, he's great. And it's a great, it's a great origin story for Santa. Um, it's a reimagined origin story. I'm not entirely certain there was a penguin involved originally. <laughs> was it the same? Was that the special that had put one foot in front of the other? Yeah. With, uh, with the, uh, with the, uh, snow. You know what? This one's not going to win because we keep saying, is that the, uh, that's the, that's the one with this, right? Rudolph, we're like, oh, yeah, man, Yukon Cornelius, the bumble. We got all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This one, like, is that the, uh, but yeah, it's great. And, um, uh, the win, uh, the winter warlock. One oh, yes. foot in front of the other. Yeah. Um, so it's wonderful. It's not going to win because we can't even remember it. Now, Frosty was entirely animated. It was not stop motion. Correct. Version of Frosty the Snowman. Mm-hmm. Um, it's classic, but for me, it doesn't hold up to Rudolph. And I know, I know we're, we're trying not to pull a favorite out of each category, but for Rankin mm-hmm. Bass, they really do feel like a package deal. It's hard to separate them out from one another. So you kind of have to pick a winner to rise out of there. Do you agree? Yeah. I would agree with that. And I think it's going to be Rudolph. I agree. So honorable mentions to, Little Drummer Boy, uh, as well, which was very good. Uh, a little slow for me, you know. Yep. I feel, I'm like, not to sound like a jerk, but I, and yes, I know the true meaning of Christmas and all that, but I'm like, you know what? If it's an animated special, I don't need to see, you know, guys in sandals. Yeah. You want to, you want to perk it up a bit. So, yeah. So let's perk it up. Off. Let's add some, let's add some, uh, some crazy, crazy characters. Okay. Now, now we're up to what I think are two of the heaviest hitters. One is okay. uh, is the Grinch who stole Christmas. By the way, uh, if I think I know what the other one is going to be, all three of these came out in succession three years in a row. Rudolph, and yes, you're right. Rudolph, uh, the you're one correct. Not mentioned yet, and then the Grinch in '66. Right. Uh, boy, that Grinch special is great. Was that uh, that was Chuck Jones? That was Chuck Jones animated, and uh, it was scripted by Dr. Seuss himself. And so it, what a team. Was- Boris, uh, Boris Karloff was doing the narration and Thurl Ravenscroft did all the singing. That is, that is such a dream team of let's entertain people. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Especially even like let's entertain kids. We're going to get, uh, the brains behind much of Looney Tunes, Dr. Seuss, Tony the Tiger to sing a song. And you know what? Let's get Frankenstein's monster to narrate it. Like, this is just, this is just candy. It's a candy of a show and it's so fun. Yeah. And it's one that you see every year. They, that, that was also adapted mm-hmm. into live action by Ron Howard with Jim mm-hmm. Carrey stepping into the fur of the Grinch. Yep. Um, it's, and, it's uh, and Taylor movie. Momsen of the CW playing Cindy Lou Who. Yes. Master clown Bill Irwin playing Cindy Lou Who's dad. The yes, cast was amazing. Right. The movie's, the movie's wonderful. It is, but it, but I, I remember watching it, going, "I really just want to see the special now." Yeah, the special has the special has that sort of anarchic mean spirit to it. 
Yes. They don't they don't try to explain the Grinch's behavior at the beginning as anything other than hey, he's a big jerk. Well, and it's a good like he doesn't understand he sees Christmas as being materialistic and it's a great commentary for for the time and still to this day for all the people who think that Christmas is about material things. That's the big lesson of that story is that it's not and that's what ultimately spoiler alert Helps his heart grow uh, three sizes that day. Yeah. Thanks for giving it away, Hal. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I guess you have no reason to watch it. But, and, but I like that the original version doesn't do the, oh, he was wronged by the mayor because they right. shaved him when he was a kid. You know what I mean? Like it was, um, yeah. Yeah. You, I you don't want to know the backstory of the Grinch. You just know he, you, all you need to know for really for this story to work is that he's a mean person who despises mm-hmm. the who's and everything that they stand for. And in the end, it really is. And it's the same thing I like about a Christmas Carol in that it has that redemption, that, uh, that beautiful redemption scene at the end where the character that despises Christmas at the beginning is the one carving the roast beast at the end. Uh, also many, mi- uh, miniature shout out to roast beast being uh, a phrase in that. that make me happy. <laughs> yes. Oh, and I also love that. Chuck Jones animation, but also uh, Dr. Seuss's artwork as well. Everybody's oh, feet, yeah. like their uh, socks are half off. <laughs> I always yeah. want to just pull up everybody's skin at the ankles. So that <laughs> I'm afraid they're Can you tell trip. every Dr. Seuss character, just yeah. pull your socks up. Yeah. And uh, Chuck Jones, responsible in that movie for the greatest smile, I think, in animation history. Oh, with the crooked teeth and that just the huge ear to ear Grinch when grin. When he's, when his, yeah, the Grinch grin is one of those iconic television Christmas moments. Um, which it was full of that this, this, uh, this Grinch special. All right. So I feel like 64 to 66 is going to be our sweet spot. It sure is. And we're um, missing the, uh, the middle one. The one should in the we, middle. Should we jump into it? Let's jump in because we've already in one episode deemed Peanuts the greatest comic strip of all time. Yes. We are going to look now at uh, A Charlie Brown Christmas. Yes. This came out in 1965. It won the Peabody Award for excellence uh, in – I think it's like an educational – it's an educational award. So it was educational Mm -hmm. and enriching as a program. It features for for my money – the best soundtrack of any of these specials, which was done by the Vince Guaraldi trio. Vince Guaraldi, great uh, jazz composer, also a bossa nova composer. Um, mm-hmm. There are legends that this album was cut in the studio in one take. I don't think that those are true. I think those are apocryphal. Look it up, that word, everybody. Um, but it's so fantastic. Like you can listen to that album over and over and over again. And every time yeah, it's I, hear pretty it, wonderful. I expect it to snow. <laughs> you live in That's, Southern California, Hal. I can still hope. But That's you did spend your childhood in Philadelphia, so I get it. I did. I did. I grew up with snow. Did you did you get um, snow in Tennessee? Oh, we got snow in Tennessee just enough to where it was a big deal when we got it. And it was and it never annoyed anyone. Everybody loved it. Because it would okay. never snow more than two or three inches. And when they when it did, all schools would be closed, even though the roads were fine. Like <laughs> they just we 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 just decided as a city like you guys know if it snows at all the whole town is shutting down and we're having a party right. <laughs> what kind of so that was a lot of fun. Did you grow up in? Like, hey man, uh, it was a different fine. time, man. Things were different <laughs> back in the eighties, man. <laughs> um, yeah, peanuts is 
it's one of those uh it's one of those specials where you it was the first time we really got to know the voice of those characters uh no, I don't mean the yes. the in the voice in the artistic sense I mean the actual voice and the voice acting in that is just beautiful the kids are so perfectly simple and and joyful and it's it's one of those specials where you he you see Christmas through a kid's eyes, but not that like baloney fake version of the way kids view the world, like the way kids actually view the world as right. seen through Charles Schultz's imagination. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. Yeah. I, uh, it's just, there's just something so, it's so simple and beautiful. One thing that it, that would maybe be a strike against it is compared to, to some of the others. Maybe not as much the, well, I really, it's, it shares it more in common with, with John Denver and the Muppets of Christmas together, which is that it's not, there is sort of a fluid story to it, but like many Peanuts things, it's a series of sketches mm-hmm. that sort of come together. So it's the snowball fight and it's the skating, but it's also the tree and the, um, the the Christmas passion the sort of passion play that they're doing um, mm-hmm. I like the vignette aspect of it yeah I don't mind it but I but I mean you know if you're comparing it to something like the Grinch or Emmett Otter or Rudolph those are telling a full story right so it's just something to 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 note about it but for me it's I mean it's everything Christmas is that if if I were gonna watch one of these specials to make sure I couldn't that I that I didn't miss it would probably be that one. Interesting. Uh, um, that's, I mean, that's, that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty high imprimatur for who's gonna win. But, um, let's keep going. Yes. Uh, so more, more about this. I do, regardless of, uh, and yes, Christmas is a, a Christian holiday that has been mm-hmm. much secularized. The ending of that, uh, regardless of your religious inclinations, I think, uh, you gotta give props to Chuck Schultz. For getting that, for not wavering on that, he's like, nope, I want to read this uh, excerpt from the Bible about the birth of Jesus at the end of the ep- at the end of the special. And yes. I know there was a lot of pushback on that, and he was like, nope, this is what I believe, this is what I feel Christmas is about. Um, so I'm going to put Linus in a spotlight and have him read that. And um, and it's a it is a beautiful moment in television, regardless, I think, of of uh, personal faiths. I think it's one of those moments of an artist sticking to their guns and creating what is definitely a memorable moment of TV that's survived the years. And is oft uh, parodied in many it different – uh, that that idea of the lights, please, and then reading some speech, whether it's that exact speech or some parody thereof. It's definitely mm-hmm. a powerful moment of television. As somebody who uh, is not Christian in faith, even I appreciate it. I don't feel excluded from that moment. So right, and it does that really well for it. Yeah. So, so right now we have five finalists. We've got Rudolph, we've got Emmett Otter, we've got John Denver and the Muppets together, the Grinch, and the Charlie Brown Christmas. <clears throat> All right. Is there, is there one there that you would eliminate right away? I think we need to eliminate one of the Muppet ones. Yes, I. Agree. And I think I think um, I think. As wonderful as John Denver and the Muppets of Christmas together is, and as great as their version of the 12 Days of Christmas, um, I've got to go with storytelling over 
fun vignettes and say Emmett Otter's going to win that. Plus, the original music by Paul Williams is amazing. I agree. I agree. So now we're down to four. We've got Emmett Otter, The Grinch, Peanuts Christmas, and Rudolph. And out of those, I'll, I'll eliminate mm. the next one and say that the other Muppets is going to go out with it because it's yeah. a great story, but also it's not as iconic as the, as what has now become our top three. It's fantastic. It, yeah. It's still shown a lot. You should definitely watch it, but those three, those are the, those are the heavy hitters of, of the holidays. This is going to be tough now. Now that I'm in the, I need to eliminate one of these yeah. game. Yes. Oh man. Um, I'm literally just staring at my screen right now at the words <laughs> Grinch, Peanuts, and Rudolph. Yep. And I don't know what to do, Hal. Should we do what we did on the last episode where we both just say what we think the winner is on we a one, two, it. three? You're, you're and tempting if it's the not, fates. I am tempting the fates because I think I know what you're going to say, but... I think, and, and I'm only doing this because I don't want to eliminate one. I'd rather pick a winner than eliminate a loser. Okay. Um, and then we can try and sell each other, uh, on which one, if we, if we differ, we'll try to sell each other. If we agree, then it's over. Okay. Here we go. You ready? Yep. Count it off. Three, two, one. Rudolph. Charlie Brown Christmas. Darn it. Oh. I, I knew that was going to happen. I hate the Grinch not being in it. Oh, it's so tough. I right know. Now. I do too. It's, ahead, it's one of those me. two though. I love the Grinch. Sorry, Grinch. I love you. You're amazing. You're a wonderful piece of American entertainment. We've yes. got to get rid of you. Uh, and the thing, and I was like three, two. I was, di- I was going back and forth between Peanuts and Rudolph, but what, an, <laughs> what, what did it for me was something that you said was okay. the, uh, was the linear story. Okay. I like, I like a Christmas special with one linear story. I mean, I like both. I love both of them so much. They're both so good. Uh, but, ah, it's so tough because they're both such wonderful pieces of television, iconic television history. Sell me on, sell me on a Charlie Brown Christmas. It probably won't be too hard to do because here, I love them both. Here's where I will sell you on, on the difference. I, I mm-hmm. believe that Rudolph has going for it a linear story told so i mean it's so entertaining what i will say that peanuts has that rudolph doesn't have is a smoothness to it in that everything um everything flows really well whereas in rudolph a scene ends and all of a sudden a song starts and a lot of times it just feels out of nowhere like it's it's just all of a sudden oh and now we're singing and i get that it, it is fed off the scene before it but it feels choppy and also mm-hmm. it sounds like everybody is singing in an empty paint can. Like it's, <laughs> but that's so part of the echoing. charm of it. It, it is. Uh, look, this is you can't all you can't fault you can't fault physical quality of Rudolph because it is that's part of the charm of it. There, there. Uh, look, uh, fair enough, fair enough. I, I, I'm just pointing out this is all. Uh, also, I mean, they're all winners. All, everything on this yeah. list is a winner and should be seen. But uh, out of the two. I, Peanuts for me is a, is a must see. Rudolph is fun to watch, but it also, it just, uh, there, there is a choppiness to it for me. And it's not, mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with the visual quality. It just has to do with, with how it flows. So I'd rather take vignettes that flow into, into an overall narrative of sorts than 
than the choppiness of that single story and how it's told. And, uh, and I think Ch- uh, Charlie Brown Christmas does more so than Rudolph an amazing job of, uh, setting mood and tone for the holiday season. Yes. A mood and tone that I personally enjoy. Whereas you're right. Like, uh, Rudolph is a great, amazing thing to watch with wonderful music and beautiful characters. There's something about peanuts and a Charlie Brown Christmas. And, uh, people are going to start thinking that we are in the pocket of big Schultz. <laughs> um, when we say people of the world. Please watch as many of these iconic holiday specials as you can um, and as you would like to because they are a joyful time regardless of whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or uh, Diwali or Ramadan or I don't know when the months for all of these things are, uh, but I know a lot of them <laughs> happen right around now. Um, or if you don't celebrate any religious affiliated holiday at all and you just enjoy a, a season and a time of year. Um, Kermit the Frog says, uh, a great line in John Denver and the Muppets at Christmas together. He says, I don't know if you believe in Christmas or in presents underneath a Christmas tree, but if you believe in love, that will be more than enough for you to come and celebrate with me. And I think that that sentiment is embodied by, um, by the peanuts and by uh, Charlie Brown Christmas and viewing Christmas through the eyes of these very real kids. You realize you, you just had the peanut special rip off the Muppet specials arm and beat itself with it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. (laughs) There are many more topics to cover. This one has been settled, but please keep them coming. You can reach out to us on Twitter at we got this tweets. Or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash we got this podcast or by email at we got this podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go to the Maximum Fun subreddit and uh, check out uh, the thread there that is a series of suggestions that continues to generate new ideas for us. We love seeing them come in. Thank you, as always, to Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and our song, respectively. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, and graphic designer Uri Kelman. And thank you, as always, to you, our listeners. Uh, we wouldn't be here talking into microphones without you. And we love you, and we appreciate you, and we thank you for listening, and we hope that we can make you laugh and decide some of your arguments for you. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. And don't worry, everyone. We got, we got this. this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.